everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome back to the Busy Mom Podcast. Uh, For those of you who listened to this podcast on Monday, um, I am going to be continuing our discussion that we started with uh, my friend, Dr. Lena Callantine and Aaron Young. And we are talking about uh, race relation and uh, race relations in the United States right now. And actually, it's not just the United States, uh, it's globally. And uh, they're back today. We're going to continue this discussion. I hope that it is a blessing and an encouragement to you. The whole reason that the three of us are doing this is because we're hoping to move the needle a little bit on this discussion and push it forward and uh, encourage people, especially people of faith who claim the name of Jesus, that God sees us uh, through no particular lens except for the lens that he says uh, we belong to him, that we are his children. And so I want to just, I I really want to talk about uh, the church today and how we are responding uh, as a church to the issues that are uh, plaguing, really plaguing our country, uh, particularly uh, where it comes to race. But also um, to what's happening in the church today, and we're seeing uh, labels are kind of the big thing right now. And uh, last week I posted, and you guys have heard me talk about this many times on the podcast, I am uh, a born-again Christian. I believe in the authority uh, and the infallibility of the Word of God, and I am seeing many in the church today stepping away from that. And when we do that, everything gets worse. When we do that, racial tensions are worse because we forget that God doesn't see us as Greek or Jew or slave or free. Everything that that we do as Christians should be informed by the scriptures. And in the churches right now, because we're not always faithful to the truth of God's word in practice or even in theory anymore, um, we are starting to see uh, our relationships be influenced more and more by the patterns of this world. And Romans 12 says we are not to be conformed to the patterns of this world, but we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so uh, we want to talk a little bit about the truth of the gospel today and uh, how it changes or how it should change us. And I thought a good, maybe a good jumping off place would be um, to talk a little bit about labels. I know that in uh, in Portland, uh, where I, I currently reside around the city of Portland, uh, it's a it's a huge deal here. If you agree with, uh, if you believe that God's definition of marriage, that marriage is between a man and a woman, um, and God uh, created us male and female, and that God's word is actually the authoritative word of God on issues like homosexuality, then in uh, in Portland and in various other places around the world, you are labeled uh, homophobic for that for that view. And I think uh, people are slapping labels on us right and left. And the other day I posted, uh, uh, and I won't go into it now because it'll take us down a whole other uh, rabbit trail, but I, I posted something on my page that uh, that got the ire of like, I don't know, 10 million people around the world. And I was called every kind of name in the book. And I finally, and it wounded me. I, I, I allowed myself for a moment in time to be wounded by labels that people who did not know me were slapping on me. And I finally had to come back and say, I reject every label except for the one that God gave me when he called me redeemed, when he said, you belong to me. And so that's kind of where I want to start today. And I think, Aaron, I'm, I'm going to just start by asking you, you know, where do you think we are in the church today as believers? How are we doing um, in in sort of handling the labels that the world is, you know, in many ways we're conforming to the world. You know, how do you see that? Do you agree that that's happening or do you kind of have a different perspective? I'd be really interested to kind of hear your perspective on where we are as as Christians uh, right now in the culture. Uh, well, um, thanks for having me. Um, 
we are we we're doing all those things that you said. We're you know stepping away from the word. Or, um, we're definitely uh, mixing what uh, what the world says. Mod, you know, modern third postmodernism, and um, and uh, a lot of our actually, I was just looking this up that uh, their Christians who have identified themselves as Christian has dropped about eight million. Um, people since 2007. Mm. So, uh, and it's mostly against young people. And I think, you know, you can attest that to, you know, going to college or that, that type of thought. But um, what I really think it is, is that people being in the Word, I think it's the, the, the more traditional things that happen with people that are, um, that have, uh, haven't matured in Christ. I definitely, I mm. think it's a maturity in Christ issue. I think it's, just going to church and going listen to the minister on Sundays. Uh, I think it's not having your own personal time in Christ during yeah. the week. I think it's taking, uh, going with the pop culture of Christianity. I just know, you know, kind of what a Christian is and I'm doing my best uh, type attitude. And um, I think that kind of degrades some of the understanding of what's going on and, um, a lot of our churches are segregated. I'm, I mean, really, they're mm-hmm. you know Sunday morning is the most segregated <laughs> time yeah. in America because you have all white churches, you have all black churches, mm-hmm. and um, in some churches don't even take the time to honor other races or communities that are in their churches. Mm-hmm. Um, what's great about my church is, uh, and I just moved to California. On um, February, uh, uh, when we uh, talk about African Americans, they actually brought actors who portrayed historical figures to come give some speeches. So they had Frederick Douglass come and speak at mm. one of the uh, in between services, just to enrich the whole community of the church about the different cultures that represent in their church. And I think some churches aren't taking that opportunity to do that. They're just trying to push this, you know, we're Christian culture, and this is, you know, this is what we do, and we're, you know, we're family with, without addressing the the individual cultures. Yeah. No, that's really good. Well, because I was just going to say, I'm hearing you talking about this, and I was thinking, how can we do better? Like, you know, how, how can we do better? I'd love to hear, uh, I don't know, Lena, if you guys have any ideas on how, how we can do better. Well, you know, Erin, I'm so glad you're having that experience. That unfortunately hasn't been my experience. You know, that 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 just warms my heart. Um, you know, my experience has been more of, especially in the community that I live in, um, it's it's very homogeneous. And um, and I think one of the things I've struggled being in a multicultural and multi-ethnic family um, is always having to make a choice. In churches, so um, as far as um, the churches are very segregated, where I'm at, and you know they're predominantly white. There's one or two churches that are all black, and feeling like always being having a family that's uh, biracial, um, we are always the ones that stand out in church. And so in my church, I may be only one or uh, just of two or three representatives in, in my race. And so I have to learn how to uh, navigate that and uh, make choices 
to that. And I think, you know, one of the things I've experienced is that I love my church family. They are absolutely amazing, wonderful, and that's why we have settled there. I think one of the things that happens is when you go to a predominantly white church is, you know, you're accepted in some ways, but it's the attitude, we don't see color. You know, God has created us all the same. We don't see color. I'm okay, like, so let well, me let me I'm here. let me interrupt you there for just a second, um, because sure. I kind of think that's sort of what God said. You know, He doesn't see He doesn't see us as Greek or Jew. In some ways, I think as Christians, we think we're doing the right thing. And I think what I'm hearing you say is it's actually okay to say you're the you know I'm the white girl and you're the black girl. We love each other, and we recognize that we're different. You know, and I think it's a beautiful thing. It's actually a really good thing. It's a mosaic. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's something that that God did that that is supposed to to be good for us. And somehow we've let the enemy come in and change the narrative. And what something that God said was good when he made us somehow has become this thing that the enemy has used to divide us. And I think what you're saying is, can we not pretend that we're not different? Is that kind of what I hear you saying? Right. and you've said that very wonderfully, quoting what the, our amazing book, the Bible says. But sometimes that that comment I hear, "We don't see color," mm-hmm. is a code for to me, not what God says. But then I don't have to dialogue. Then mm. the pain doesn't exist, and then yeah. I don't have to acknowledge that these things exist because I don't see color. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? It's not something I'm privileged to be able to say because everywhere I go. People don't see a doctor. They don't see someone educated. They see me as the skin that I'm wrapped in. Mm. So the world sees my color. And so to say that, that, that kind of... Um, it marginalizes you a little bit. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. And so, you know, that yeah, was... I, I, so, I agree Karen, with you. I'm so it, glad you had me that, being a veteran, that experience. Me, like, I'll go out with my kids and I'll have my regular clothes on. And they're going to see my color. First, I I can give you many examples of I can go into the same place and be treated mm-hmm. differently with my uniform on than when I have regular clothes on. Mm-hmm. And it almost has to be it almost has to I have to uh put on the American uniform to be seen. Mm. Wow. Mm. So it's so okay. As a, as a so, black man, to so, be like, okay, I, you know, I, I love this country. You know what I'm saying? I, I have to do these things sometimes. I can go in the same place and be treated differently. It's very, it's very interesting. Wow. So when you say that you're, so can you, for, for somebody like me who just, uh, who's going, okay, what do you mean when you say that you're treated differently? Because I, I can't see myself doing that. So, but I'm recognizing it's happening. So when you say, you're treated differently. What? What do you? What? What do you mean? Well, I, I think I, I think it's almost um, it's almost an attitude. <laughs> it's uh, it's almost mm-hmm. an attitude. I mean, uh, I've ta- I've listened to people. This um, the guy who I was talking to, but he was talking about power. He was talking about how power isn't isn't seen, but it's felt. So when you're going into somewhere, you're you know, the feeling is. We have we have to deal with you because you're a customer or whatever. whatever. Right. But when I'm in my uniform, it's how you doing, sir? You know, uh, you know, 
would you want to sit over here or let me help you with your kids or, you know what I'm saying? I have three kids with me and it's like, and I think those are the subtle things mm-hmm. because that, I don't think it's discrimination. Like discrimination right. is totally different than someone having the attitude. Well, I think it's respect. I think what you're hearing is, is res- I think what you're hearing is respect for the uniform. You know, yeah. when you wear the uniform, I, I'm not trying to like make light of this, but part of me, I want to just jump in and go, yeah. I need to get myself a uniform. <laughs> People be nicer to me. <laughs> me? Well, you know, I, thinking, I need a uniform, but it doesn't always do something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's. Um, on the other hand, uh, my counterpart, I could be with um, just the other day on Veterans Day. Uh, the uh, I walked into uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and sat down to a group of guys. It was. Uh, three white guys I grew sat in. And I'm ordering some wings, and the guy next to me, one of the guys leaves, and the guy next to me says, you know why that guy left? He said he said something racist about you when you sat down. And I told him, you know, I don't agree with that, or you shouldn't be talking about that. So I was like, wow, I didn't even know that. Wow. And he said, and um, the other guy, and they're military. So... Uh, one of the guys military. So I tell them, oh, yeah, I'm here from Veterans Day in military. And the kind of the conversation kind of changes. It's like, you know, okay, wow, that's cool. You know, and we start bonding and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. You Just your presence can change a room to where, you know, where someone is being racist or talking racist or implying something. And that whole conversation went down with me just sitting down. Wow. And the whole dynamic of that place. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I think a little bit of the pain is that some of the things that we see in the world, we we are um, Christ followers and we feel that, at least I feel that I should see something different in those that I am brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think some of the pain comes as a conservative black Christian is that the things I see in the world exist in in church and in those uh, conservative circles also those mm-hmm. those lines in the sand those delineations that um that feeling of being well you can be here but you're not really invited to the table mm-hmm. i'll i'll kind of tolerate your presence mm-hmm. but i really don't yeah. want to engage you in a dialogue man i just and have so to say i think that's really painful i just have to say i'm it's hard i'm just sitting here on the verge of tears cuz i don't you know, for me as the, can I just, I guess I'm the token white girl in the conversation right now. <laughs> but I... But well, we love you still, Heidi. But, oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm working extra hard and I'm ordering uniform off of eBay right now while we're talking. But I, I'm thinking, uh, it, it just, it breaks my heart because I feel like as a woman, a, a white woman, I think I told Aaron, I can't remember Aaron if it was you or, or Lena that I told the other day, when I was growing up, one of my very best friends was black. And I didn't know that he was black until I was like 12 years old and someone pointed it out to me. I just, uh, I just loved him. You know, I, we just had this, there was a kinship and, you know, it hurt, it hurts me as a woman, forget a white woman. It just hurts me as a human being to, to hear that this is still happening in, in 2016, that you could walk in somewhere and be treated differently because of the color of your skin. And my husband said something to me really, uh, I thought very wise and insightful this morning at breakfast, we were praying over uh, this podcast and just that the Holy Spirit would just 
be here. And he said, you know, there are things that we can hide as human beings, right? We can hide prejudice. We can hide, uh, we, homosexuality could be easily hidden, although it's not, people aren't trying to hide it anymore, but you can't hide the color of your skin. You take it with you uh, where, wherever you go. And I've had experiences where I have felt, uh, you know, a deep down in the heart of Mississippi several years ago, Jay and I were uh, at a gas station, you know, late at night. And uh, we were clearly in a place where we were not supposed to be. And it was the only, one of the only times in my whole life where I ever felt like I was the odd man out because of the color of my skin. And I've never felt that way before. And it was painful. And, uh, and, and it was um, frightening, if I can be so bold. It was, it was frightening. And, I, you know, to hear this coming from the two of you who I love and respect and admire, that that is happening is heartbreaking well, to me. You think about these people, you think about people People cover have to deal with this every day. Yeah, it's like you know, it's um, in the military PTSD. Is this like a living in this amount of stress your whole life, like most of your life? Mm-hmm. So when uh, Lena talks about when somebody says something, it's it can it triggers quickly. You can feel it. Like mm-hmm. if someone, it can trigger quickly because you're living in this stressful environment all the time not knowing what to do now you know whether you know you have to do this you have to be extra careful about how you act you have to be you know all these things you have to be aware about this awareness and that's what i mean when you go down when you go down what i'm talking in lingo down range when you deploy and you're a soldier and you're in the war zone that's what it's like to be on stress 24 7 because anything can go down it's really a heart issue when we're going into these places, mm-hmm. black, white, and you're, you know, you're obviously in a all white area and you're a black person. Um, there's definitely a difference and vice versa, white in an all black area. Mm-hmm. And you really don't, you're going into places and you, and it's not about your, it's about, you know, these people don't care about me. Yeah. And that's a heart thing. That's a heart matter. That's a heart issue. Um, and that's why I brought up the church, going back to what the church can do, um, is you know, my church taking steps to educate people mm-hmm. about other cultures, mm-hmm. about what Christianity has done for that culture, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what, you know, what have they added to the to the Christian maturity. And when we, when we go in church, you think about, you know, the history of the church, and we have these great... Um, leaders and most of them are white and you really don't you know you might really see you know the contributions of a different culture to to the maturity of christianity yeah yeah i think it can be a solution to you know you know to identify with each other yeah and it goes back to kind of what lena was saying too about we just we need to learn to listen and to actually listen from a position of we care about the other person because uh, you can feel it when someone doesn't care about you, right? From the right from the get go. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know the thing is, to, just to turn this a little bit, is what is the responsibility for me as a person of color? And so when I walk in those situations where I'm the only uh, black person, and someone says something inadvertently that I might find offensive, how do I respond? Do I respond out of anger? Do I marginalize myself? 
certainly, you know, rioting or doing something that's criminal is not the response that God is calling for me mm. as an ambassador for Christ. So I have to deal with my own prejudices and my own pain mm. and work through that and not to sin. So, like, for example, um, I was doing rounds one um, day in a hospital, and I was uh, a patient, a, a young child's doctor. And I walked into the room. I had my white coat and everything on, and it was a a white family. I walked in the room. The parents looked at me as if I had come uh, to save them from a a terrible predicament. And so the first thing they asked me, um, not recognizing what I represented to their child, they asked me to take out the trash. Oh, wow. And so my feeling was it wasn't because... That's what they thought that I represented it, and that's what I, I did for a living. And so my response, I could have gotten an attitude. Mm-hmm. I had to take a breath and say, God, I understand. It's not that they're trying to hurt me, but they're, they are dealing with something else. So I said to them politely, oh, I see that's a problem. I am going to call you uh, facilities to make sure that's addressed for you. But right now I'm here to be your child's doctor. And their faces and their jaws dropped. And mm. certainly their continence and attitude changed. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I, I, I could so. be an ambassador of Christ and show them that without being offended. Mm. And one yeah. of the things I think is so detrimental to the conversation between whites and blacks, and is so, people are so quickly, like you said, to draw labels, calling someone racist, a bigot, mm-hmm. or something like that. And I usually say that people can, blacks or whites, can be racist, they can be bigoted, or they can be just insensitive because that's not what their their life experience has. Right. And so in the field of medicine, genetically, they all have different DNA and how that, but phenotypically, how it looks or how it's expressed to someone on the other side of the race, when one of one, any of those types of people express something, it all looks the same. So it's easy to throw a, a terrible term at them and the only way you can know if it's truly bigotry, prejudice, or just insensitivity is coming close enough to have a dialogue and caring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, just like you were dealing with your attacks, Heidi, you knew which ones you could actually have a dialogue with and those that aren't going to be open for a dialogue. Yeah, I found that out pretty you quick. Can't, you can't do that. <laughs> they made it pretty clear. <laughs> I would say those people were very um, obvious about, you know, uh, not wanting to really to really talk to me. But I, I, I believe that the vast majority, at least the people that I, that I hang out with and consider to be friends of mine, want to have the conversation. They just don't know how. They don't know how. And they're, and they're so afraid of uh, being, you know, we're kind of, you know, in trouble if we do and in trouble we don't. It's like, well, can we say that I'm black and, or that you're black and I'm white? Can we do that without being? And I think you hit the nail on the head by saying that we are so easily offended. And that is a huge problem in the culture today, right? We're not having dialogue anymore. We're putting up uh, we're putting up barriers. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up. We're going to come back and do one more about it. I want to talk a little bit about how we can work, how we can do better at not being offended, what the Bible says about being offended. And, uh, and then just end with uh, just 
I hopefully, I think on a high note, because I, I believe God's in the business of healing. He is in the, he is in the business of reconciling. He came to send his son so that we could be reconciled to him. And he wants us to be reconciled toward each other. And I think this is a good start. So Aaron and Lena, would you guys come back one more time with me? And we'll, we'll uh, hit this topic up one more time and move it a little bit farther forward. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.